You are listening to Tangents on Everything and Nothing, a show where we talk about everything and nothing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that at that point would already have been completely and totally lost. How's our levels there, mister? A little red. A little red? A little red. You have the controls, man, over there, so. I see that. Yes, you do. Do you remember which one I am? Oh, here, we're going, we're going. Yep, a little more, a little more. Yeah. Are we ready now? Am I, am I green? Am you I, were green. I'm a green. Oh, ah, my. John Simon. Oh, wow, that was fun. And I just probably went really red, didn't yes, I? Did. Awesome. Uh, this is Tangents on Everything and Nothing. We got Jeremiah behind the counter, and with us from High Street Jack is Jack. How are we doing, Jack? Very well. Thank Very you well. for having me. Um, uh, I've discovered you. Yes, I'll, I'll take claim for that. No, actually, uh, we ran into each other at Stu- Stable Studios during one of their jam performances. Uh, right. I approached as many of the band uh, bands as possible, saying, hey, come on the show, because what we do is we promote local artists, musicians, and all sorts of stuff, and we enjoyed your show, and here we are, but the rest of the band decided to stay back and do something else. Yeah, well, the, you know, everybody has work lives and everything i thought perhaps john might join me but he kind of right got, here oh wait other john the, the other john yeah slightly. hi john yeah uh but he kind of last minute had an opportunity that was cool so oh yeah i would definitely take that because you said he's uh rehearsing yeah he's yeah. rehearsing with another uh, he's going to sit in with another band at the super jam phenomenal so. phenomenal and those who don't know super jam may 28th which is this weekend. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. From 3 to 11. Yeah. And you guys are going to be playing at 5 o'clock, yeah, right? Yeah, from 5 to 6 yep. we'll be on there. Uh, definitely check it out. That's a wonderful show. It's got a good lineup. Um, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're really, really excited. You know, we, we love – Stable Studios is one of my favorite places to play, if not the favorite, my most favorite place to play. Um, <clears throat> you know, at the beginning of High Street Jack – a couple of years ago, um, pre-COVID, we hosted a uh, a blues jam night out there. It was somewhere in February, so literally right before the end of the world um, as we knew it. And then uh, many of the – there was some cell phone video taken of our set that night, and a lot of our – more favorite uh, or most viewed videos on YouTube um, are from that show. Okay. Um, I think there's our our version of Red House got over 400 views, maybe almost 500 by now. But. Awesome. Um, actually, I do like Stable Studios. I'm looking forward to them using that amphitheater. Yes. Uh, this is going to be technically, it's not their first show for it, but it's going to be their inauguration for it, their, right. their christening. Yeah. It's just pretty awesome. Yeah, and... and for those who don't know kind of the story behind it, you know, um, I did catch your show with, with them talking about it some, but it, it's uh, kind of in honor of Doug Hanscom, yep. who used to live out there. And that, that show that I was referring to uh, that night when we played that show, John and I, the slide player, got there a little early. And, you know, Doug was hanging around and they had just remodeled mm-hmm. that apartment. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's really cool. Come check it out. And so he gave us a tour of, mm-hmm. of his little apartment there. And he was just – and we'd met him before, obviously, at Blues Jams and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just the coolest guy. Just forget the fact he was a great keyboard player, but he was a really cool human. Um, and so, you know, we were pretty devastated when we found out he suddenly passed away. And uh, – really wanted to play the memorial and at one point we were going to but 
they had had to reschedule it several times, mm. and we never got to. So in our set, though, for the Super Jam, we are going to play a song specifically in his memory. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, Hanscom, he was a teacher, wasn't he, also locally? Yeah. Um, the reason I'm saying this is my, my, my sons had a, a teacher named Hanscom, and I just want to make sure I've got the right person in that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I I knew nothing of his teaching career because I didn't know him until you know he was retired. But, um, but yeah, I've heard that you know the whole thing of ah, I had a teacher that was you know this guy. <laughs> um, the funny thing about um, I actually used to work with his nephew, or I should say his nephew used to work uh, had a desk outside my office at work. Um, uh, on my day job anyway uh, so I remember his nephew Eric saying oh yeah my uncle you know he plays before I had ever met Doug okay. um, and, and yeah so it's kind of a small world you know <laughs> uh, speaking of you got that CD handy question yep. alright so <clears throat> this is your I don't know how well can you see yeah. that is it in focus Yeah. it's awfully shiny yeah. Yeah. Is that better? Still shinier? You can clearly read High Street Jack on okay. the CD, yeah. but the yeah. red is a little bit. The red. Yeah. Black Hole Collection, High Street Jack. When was this released? So that CD collection uh, we released a few months ago. Mm-hmm. The, what it is, the reason it's titled Collection, is because it's, it's really a collection of singles that have been um, released over the last couple of years. Um, the... There, there was a EP called Live on High Street that we put out kind of as a four-song set. Those songs are on there, but also a series of singles, um, which we put out over time. The interesting thing about some of those songs, the, the Live on High Street EP, which is within that, um, was literally recorded at a rehearsal Right again, uh, right before we went to play that show, uh, before the end of the world happened, and uh, I, I had just recently gotten a new recorder, a multi-track recorder, and so I took it to a practice and plugged stuff in. I thought, eh, you know, hit record, and so the the four songs that were part of Live on High Street were literally a practice, and then when we couldn't do anything. I mean, for like a year, we didn't even get in the same room with each other because we didn't want to kill each other. Yeah. And uh, and so I spent time kind of taking that and, you know, I did some extra vocal overdubs and some, you know, guitar overdubs to fatten it up or whatever. Um, but, you know, that was the initial release. Uh, and then, you know... Again, I was sort of starving for something to do. And so there's a handful of songs on there that are just entirely me mm-hmm. doing all the different instruments. Um, and that's, you know, I released a few songs that way. And then um, once we got back together, there's a few more from from us playing together. Excellent. So it's got a little bit of history to it. Yeah. Uh, say that one took a couple years to put together completely. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Okay. Um, 
you'll be playing all those tracks at uh, Stable Studios, or no? Okay. Um, so that gives you all incentive yeah. to go and get it because it won't be at Stable Studios. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, we we have played most of those um, at various shows at different points. Um, this particular show. Uh, we're just going to kind of mix it up with some songs that we think will be crowd favorites. Um, interesting, uh, and I'm not going to give away the set list. But, um, <laughs> Unless you pay. <laughs> but a cool thing about High Street Jack is, although you know I more or less front the band and sing most of the songs, um, there are a handful of songs that Bob, our keyboard player, sing, and, and John, the... Uh, slide player sings so um about half of the songs i won't be singing i'll put it that way and so i'll give you a, a break yeah it gives yeah. gives me a break and it i think it's cool that you know we're a band that can do that you know, i'm gonna age myself here a little bit because jeremiah likes old jokes uh yes i'd actually seen uh, joan jett in the black hearts once and you'd be surprised how many of the songs she doesn't sing because her vocals just start hurting. And her guitarist, he sounds just like her. Huh. Yeah. So it's wow. one of those, whoa, this is not right. <laughs> but that was also talking uh, just a couple decades ago. Really, just right. a couple. I've heard three. of them. Yeah. Are they on those 45 things that you guys used to talk about? Oh, yeah. They're also on those things called eight tracks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just one, it had eight. Ooh, and then do you remember those uh, one hits from the early uh, noughties? The uh, one hit things I'm thinking of. Oh, no, no, these were these were little toys that you had these MP3s on. Okay, you'd insert it, and it would only play on that device, and uh, it usually only had like uh, bubblegum pop bands on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I only bring that up because you're you're talking about obscure music anyway. So yeah, yeah, great players. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, yes, I have a record player, so. <laughs> I, I would like to get a record player. My grandmother has one that's new. She bought it, like, new 10 years ago or something like that because she still has a lot of old records. Yeah. She doesn't play them anymore, but it sits there. Yeah. What's your opinion on vinyl versus digital versus oh, whatever? I I have a record player. Mm-hmm. Um, I play records on it. Not, not for any sonic reason, but more because it's a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when I was first learning to play guitar, I remember I, I used to go over to my brother's also a musician, and I, I would bug his guitar player. I'd just show up at this guy's house. So I'm like 15, I would just drive over to his house. and I'm like, hey. Um, and he was kind enough to show me some cool things. And uh, I remember he put on, he's like, you got to check this out. And the song that he played me was uh, Montrose Rock Candy. I don't know if you mm-hmm. you yep. probably know that. Anyway, my opinion to this day, one of the greatest songs of all time. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that that's kind of like the fu- one fundamental strand of my musical DNA. I would say, you know, that um, you know, Sammy Hagar vocal, and and uh, not that I say I sound like that, but um, you know, in terms of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Good, good. You said that's one strand. Yeah. Do you yeah. have anything else? Many strands, yes. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, you might just as likely uh, hear me listening to J.S. Bach. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not so into his kids, but definitely the old man is the is the thing for well, me. Well, yeah, he was the original. I, yeah. He's got nine kids. I think yeah. seven of them had yeah. some kind of compositional history. Right, and, right. So, but but you know, so I'm, uh, and definitely with this band, we span several generations. So, um, Jason, our uh, bass player. Is in his twenties, you know. Um, I'm in my forties. We got, you know, other decades as well. Um, <laughs> but so everybody's musical experience is kind of different, you know, what they listened to growing up, um, and you know, whatever really touched them. And everybody kind of brings that, and then what. You know, obviously there's things that I'm into that the other guys aren't and so forth. So what's kind of left is what's the common denominator, and, and that's this kind of, you know, soulful blues rock kind mm-hmm. of thing that we do. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I like it when there's a diverse range of players uh, because you get all those different points of view. And, yes, age can, can definitely influence your music differently. Uh, but I also like seeing people who are like me who can still sit there and look at the contemporary music and find those nuggets that are really good and then get that right. sort of influence as well. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I think it's a, it's definitely a, a cool mix. You know, these guys, uh, just to maybe take it back to the, the formation of the band to some degree, um, when we had been this other band under a different name and uh, our bass player at the time who's a really nice guy just decided you know I don't want to I don't want to do this anymore I want to you know kind of relax and play golf he's you know retired guy kind of like the drummer for the Rolling Stones the only one who actually started wearing suits (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so so anyhow um, he we actually were going to play it's funny now that I think about it but um we had the gig for the Super Jam whenever that was a couple of years ago. Um, and it was kind of soon before that gig when he said, I don't want to play anymore. And so we were in a bit of a panic. And uh, I knew Jason from, there's a, a weekly blues jam around the Bloomington. And, a, you know, a lot of players meet each other there. That's where I met John, um, and anyhow, uh, called up Jason and said, "Hey, you, you know, can you do this gig with us?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And since then, you know, he's been in the band. But. Awesome. Uh, what other what other uh, venues do you play locally? Uh, so we played at the Porthole. Um, we played down at the Steel Horse uh, in Bedford which is a really fun place to play, too. I think it may be, I don't know, they've got some issues with their lease. I don't know if it's going to remain there or not. Um, uh, where else do we play? Fairfax Inn is a is a cool place to play. Uh, there aren't, a, I'll be honest, there aren't a lot of places to play mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, you know, bands. There's, you know, some of the clubs only hire like regional touring you know like bluebird or something 
you know, that's all that they bring through. Yeah. Uh, have you thought of places like uh, Blockhouse and The Bishop? Because I know they do a lot of local stuff. Um, I have approached them. It, it's funny. Sometimes it's hard to get a call back, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, you can't uh, – unless you know the right person right. To, to actually uh, check it out. Well, I know some of the venues are looking for uh, – how much? How many followers do you really have? Yes. Can you yes. guarantee people coming in? Can you guarantee people the right age coming in? Right. Um, it's and it's it's hard getting that. It's really hard getting that, especially for a band like us in our demographic. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that are most excited about our music are not that excited about social media. So right. So, you know, yeah, we have a few hundred followers on Facebook, um, but the majority of the people that show up to hear us play are, you know, they get there by word of mouth or, you know, they're kind of will ask us, hey, when are you guys playing again? Well, you know, we're playing Mm -hmm. Fairfax Inn or whatever, you know. But um, we usually have, I feel like every time we play out, you know, we bring a crowd with us, but it's a good way to make new fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a really great response at the last gig we played, which was at the Fairfax Inn. Um, a lot of a lot of the uh, folks there were like, oh, yeah, we love the song choices, and, you know, the form- performance is great. So, you know, it's nice to hear that feedback, but, you know, club owners, like you say, mm-hmm. they're just looking at how many followers you have. So... You know, for all of you music lovers that want to be able to go out and see good music that you haven't seen, you know, five times uh, already, go to our Facebook and check us out. But anybody that you enjoy, it's really important that you acknowledge them on social media because that's how bar owners, you know, right, right. value things. Well, I'm going to jump to something here because you had said earlier that you suffer from gas pretty badly. Uh would you like to show us some of the examples right. and your, your, some of your syn- syndromes that have come yes. out of this? Yes. Yeah. This is so, safe so for, for, for de- work. You don't have to turn away. For definition purposes, gas means uh, uh, guitar acquisition syndrome. Yeah, I had to throw it in there, you know. So. Oh, and for those of you who are interested on the YouTube channel, the playlist or a link to their YouTube channel is in the description. So, yeah, follow that. Now, uh, which one is this one? So, uh, how is it in the picture? Not. Okay, up. Bring it up. There you go. All right. So this is Goldie, um, because it's a Les Paul Gold top, um, and I, my excuse or my, the reason I had to have this one is because it has these magnetron pickups in it and uh i didn't have anything with magnetron pickups and i love les paul's um for a couple of reasons i'll explain but anyway i thought oh i i need that one Mm -hmm. um and the the thing about um not just this but all of my les paul's that i do which is pretty important to the sounds that i go for is that I mount little switches right here uh, inside the little uh, pickup. Nice. And what that is doing, I mean, it's not it's not that exotic, really. A lot of people have push-pull pots um, and for coil splitting, 
you know, because you have two coils here. And the idea is if you split them, it makes the sound of like a single coil pickup or, you know, like mm -hmm. a Strat telly. Um, and a lot of times what I will do is I may, I may have like a fully raunchy distorted sound and I'll go to the neck pickup, I'll put it in single, I'll put the back in double and I'll roll the volume back. Um, and then for kind of, I get kind of a half clean, uh, you know, sound like that uh, for, you know, maybe the verses or whatever. And then when I really want to go for it, I just, I don't change anything on my pedal board and I just hit the uh, rhythm pickup and then it totally alters the sound. That's the other reason I love Les Pauls is because you have a volume, you have a volume for each pickup and a tone control for each pickup. So there's a lot of tonal possibilities. Um, but anyway, that is actually a whole podcast onto itself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyway, this is Goldie. Um, I drove all the way to Illinois to buy it from this guy who is in a cool band called Old Capital. Um, and uh, the other interesting thing that was transformative uh, about when I bought this, I picked it up and I played it and I was like, what kind of strings are those? And uh, it turned out, he's like, well, those are nine and a halfs. And I've been playing for decades, and no one told me about nine and a half. Um, <laughs> you, you know, like, because when I was coming up, most people kind of, you know, no one played nines because they were kind of just wimpy. And there was kind of a masculinity thing about playing thicker and thicker strings. You know, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, who everybody wanted to kind of sound like, uh, played super heavy strings, right? Um, but most people who kind of fished around kind of said, yeah, tens, it's good. I was one of those guys. So, yeah. Anyway. When I played, I was guilty of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, nine and a halfs. And the reason that I like nine and a halfs and have started to put them on my guitars is they are chimey sounding. Mm -hmm. So, especially trying to get the sound um, that I'm always kind of going for. It's not so meaty and beefy. It's got a little bit of chime to it, and it doesn't feel like you're playing wet spaghetti noodles, mm -hmm. um, you know, because they're so light. Um, yeah, so really what, I, what I'm always kind of going for is a guitar that is a, you know, stratified telecasting Les Paul. You know, so I can kind of, mm -hmm. playing in bar bands, you need, you, you need to instantly go from, one of those sounds to another because you don't have a you know a dude on the side of the stage to hand you another yep. and setting the tones for every bar is going to be different so yeah so anyway this is goldie and uh, that's the story of, of goldie nice she's a beaut oh yeah <laughs> I do believe you brought two, correct? Um, yeah, the other one, uh, just a, an acoustic, um, which I don't always play uh, unless I'm you know, doing a solo thing, or maybe sometimes John and I do a duo thing. But it's, this is kind of an interesting guitar. Um, it's pretty. Um, so I think the most interesting thing about this was, you know, forever. I told my wife, you know, I'd really love a, a nice acoustic. 
and she just sort of like lunges by one. I'm like, oh, <laughs> really? I can. Um, I bought this from some guy on Craigslist, and um, when I bought it, the bridge was all kind of pulling up, and I took it to a shop, and they put something in there, and it's been completely solid since then. Um, but it is a, uh, you know, it's a Washburn, so it's not anything totally exotic. But oh, nice choice, choice of the wood grain, though. It's pretty, yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah, so it's you know I, I think it's important to just have something that inspires you to play, and you know if it looks cool on the wall, then you're I think more likely to pick it up. <laughs> Jeremiah, opinions on that one? I like it. Yeah. Very detailed as usual. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's an eye catcher, and yeah. I think that'll come. Like you said, it makes you want to pick it up, put hands on it, and in a bar or other kind of setting, it yeah. it catches people's eye. It's like, ooh, what's he got now? Yeah, yeah, that is a nice one. Sweet. I like the wood looking on the edge. The fringe yeah, of yeah, it. yeah. Uh, you can see where the the, the darker grain is, and mm-hmm. yeah, that was a interestingly yeah one, stressed life. What <laughs> one, one downfall, however, of the beauty of the guitar. Uh, I mean, you know, a, a rather important element is the dots along the, mm-hmm. the binding here. And they're which, completely blending in. Yes. Yeah. And so every now and then I actually dab some whiteout. Uh, it wears off. That's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It wears off, you know, so it's not permanent. But it's nice It's nice to kind of have some mile markers when you're right, uh, right. playing. <laughs> yeah. So. Very nice. So, yeah. Um, but the the number one guitar before i got goldie was uh again thinking of the of the stratified telecasting les paul uh goal i i had a or i still have it um but it's a les paul custom with a maple fretboard which is pretty unusual and yeah, yeah and uh a floyd rose tremolo which is you know there are people out there that would say that's just wrong, but I, yeah, I really just wanted the uh, the maple fretboard to get you know m- have that option of a, okay. a janglier sound. For those who are watching me, look down. Uh, yes, I'm looking at my phone because it's a great place to put notes. <laughs> at, I, I, honestly, we don't really put a lot of notes in the show. It is just see where the conversation goes. But I, I like the points you brought up, so I want to make sure we're, we're touching them. And I'm going to move immediately into uh, the whole idea of slide guitar. Yes. Yeah. So, so I, when we play live, I do not play slide. Um, I, on some of the recordings, mm-hmm. the ones that I played all by myself, um, I did try to put placeholder slide guitar in. So a couple of the songs on there have me playing slide guitar. Um, but really that was just so I would, have something in place for when John could finally replace it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyhow, uh, the cool thing again uh, about uh, John is that he and I really fit together well. Uh, okay. He he actually is the most recent addition to the band. Um, we used to to have a guy named Andrew, who was a rhythm guitar player, um, wonderful guy, but for various reasons, uh, just wasn't able to continue playing. And um, 
I really liked having another guitarist to, you know, make the sauce interesting. And uh, John is definitely that. Um, you know, he kind of has the luxury of not really having to play mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm doing the basic rhythm. There's a keyboard player that's doing stuff. And so it kind of frees him up to, you know, do these cool things in between phrases and um, a lot of that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of the magic of slide guitar is, for one, you have to tune your guitar wrong. Um, you know, and sometimes he even uses a capo. So those are two things that I don't do. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm, the, the notes are where they should be on my guitars. Um, and, you know, he, the, the whole point of changing the tuning is that you, you get sympathetic um, ringing. Harmonies. Yeah. So, uh, whereas, I mean, you can, and I, alone, when I'm alone in my room, I, I sometimes play standard tuning slide by myself, but it's, you have to choke down a lot, and you can't let things ring out, and, um, you know, what John does is uh, very tasteful, mm-hmm. um, and if, you know, if you've never had the opportunity to listen to a band with a slide guitar player, um, it is its own instrument, um, and, if you're going to be a slide guitar player, as he is, you kind of have to just devote yourself to that. Not to plug anything, but where could a person go to hear a band that has a slide guitar player? Uh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, we are playing the Super Jam uh, May 28th at Stable Studios. Uh, we'll be on the stage from 5 to 6 p.m. Um, so you will hear, you'll hear him play slide guitar, and you'll even hear him sing a couple songs. Yep. I was at the last jam. Uh, Stable Studios from November to May holds jam sessions, which are anybody can come and play. Uh, you do need to let them know you're coming. It costs you $5 a person to come in because the soundboard guy, the electricity, that has to be paid. They're not running these for profit. They're running these to make sure everybody gets taken care of. Uh, but then everybody's kind of run through the cycle. Everybody gets to play, and several bands are then invited back to the, the Super Jam, which is this weekend. And... High Street Jack is definitely one of them. Right, yeah. And and I can't say enough about Stable Studios, you know. That is just the coolest place for anybody that's never been out there. Um, if you like music, you know, from November to May, the first Friday of the month, you've got to go out there. Um, and $5 for... Six yeah. plus bands is oh yeah that's that's a steal it really and is. these are, we're not talking about like you know junk beginner bands they're really good yeah. I, I mean some of the best musicians I've heard I've heard out there um, and because everybody that's there just loves music you know they're not there's not they're not selling alcohol so they're not there to get yeah. drunk and the variety it was definitely nice uh, started out with what kind of more of a, a folks rock band uh, mm-hmm. had some uh, more heavy players then had your blues rock had a couple of other more cover bands ended with a uh, with a uh, deja voodoo yeah and a vocalist who just wailed i mean yeah yeah she's amazing yeah uh, <clears throat> let's transition to that what the bands that played you know, which ones did you enjoy the most out of that 
Um, I'm trying to remember exactly who played on that particular night. Um, I mean, I, I really, one of the things I enjoy about Deja Voodoo, who is also playing at the Super Jam, is that, uh, some of the songs that she sings, uh, are from the era of when I was growing up. Right. Um, I think the first time I ever heard him play out there, uh, they did Man in a Box. I think mm-hmm. they may have done it last time. They did a couple of Alice in Chains this last yeah. time, too. Yeah. I was a huge Alice in Chains fan as a kid. I mean, that, you know, that was a big thing in the early, mid-90s. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, not to go on a wild tangent, but... That's what we do <laughs> that's here. That's what we do, yes. <laughs> uh, so I grew up in Idaho. Um after a couple of years at Boise State, I moved to California um, and did some random things. Wound up working at an A&M recording studio. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, and that was a very strange year uh, or so. And during that time, I got to meet some of my idols. Mm-hmm. And I sort of developed this notion of the the bell curve of fame, you know, if you meet people here, they're really cool. You meet people here, they're not cool at all. You meet people here, they're really cool again. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jerry Cantrell, who's the guitar player for Allison Chains, I got to meet him when he was here, oh. <laughs> um, which is you know an interesting thing to you know to meet your your heroes, right? Like um, I I did also get to meet Brian May, Tony Iommi. Um, and they were super cool, right? I mean, because they're, yeah. they're back here. Um, and uh, and a few other people like that that were just amazingly cool. Um, but after doing that uh, job for, I think, a little over a year, um, I was like, okay, it's time to go back to school. <laughs> and yep. and uh, it was a bit bit too much sausage making for me you know right having to not just see my heroes and you know what they were about in the different phases but um also just the industrial nature of hit making um was pretty depressing for somebody that really believed in music and uh honestly i left that job and went back to school and, you know, kind of started a career. And I think I didn't listen to anything other than NPR for about a decade. Um, just because I, I couldn't. <laughs> uh, I, I worked uh, radio for about seven years. Um, I started out as a DJ, eventually became a, a music director. This was college level stuff, but we still had so much stuff come in. And it was amazing. You, you'd meet the people that I would say more or more authentic. And then you'd meet the people who just thought, they were they were it. Uh, so seeing that was was it was nice to meet the humble ones that knew right. what knew where they were, knew how they got there. Um, so I'm calling it up the uh, the band. It wasn't the band that that she took. It was like Lazy Day Susan, uh, but the, she'll be playing May and the Woozy Bros will be at the right. Yeah, and I forgot uh, just to mention uh, Hey Hey, who I didn't I haven't seen play for a long time, um, but the bass player in that band is another uh, friend, uh, Lee, uh, is another friend from 
the blues jam, you know, the the uh, Southern or Bloomington specifically has a really cool community of, of players uh, that are around. And so it's fun to see them, you know. I get on there. Yeah. I'm going to kind of tangent back to, to uh, kind of meeting your heroes. I, I won't say he was a hero of mine, but I did really enjoy the band The Doors. Mm. And I actually got to hang out with John Densmore for an afternoon because he came to the university I was going to, and it was my job to make sure he got to the stage, gave his demo, and then do whatever he wanted to after the show. And I'm like, all right, you, your show's over. What do you want to do? It's like, I want to go to a bar and sit down. <laughs> so we went down to uh, the local, uh, it was kind of a microbrewery when they were first starting up. So they were more like Lenny's than anything. Um, this is out in Las Cruces. And we sat there for three hours and he's just buying buy everybody a couple beers. Some people came by and asked for an interview and there's four of us sitting around the table. And it was just, Nothing had really gone to his head, or if it had, he definitely was on the other side of that bell curve because he was just glad he was where it was at and described himself as a mediocre drummer who managed to make it. <laughs> right. So he's just in the right, right place at the right time. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's funny to be in those kind of situations. I, I don't know how old you were at that time, but, you know, I was like 20, I would have been maybe 21, 22-ish um, when I was working at A&M. And I had this one experience where I almost, I'm pretty sure I almost lost my job, um, but saved for, uh, there's a famous producer named Bob Marlette, the nicest guy ever. Uh, we we used to call him Uncle Bob because he would treat us like humans, you know, we were just mm -hmm. the, the studio rats, that, you know, cleaned up and got food and all that. Right. Anyway uh this one artist who you know I'll, I'll just say he had an odd band name it was something about vandalizing squash or something <laughs> um, anyway so he uh you know bald-headed guy and and uh anyway he was all dressed up in black had like this black s silk shirt and black leather pants and he was going to be on charlie rose uh, later that night and so i go up to the lounge and it's bob marlette and this guy um and uh he's like uh you know what do you want for dinner and he was pretty <laughs> on the top of that curve uh -huh. and uh he was like ah oh, thinking something cafe americana and <laughs> and uh and i was like well, you know, there's IHOP just like block away. He's like, look at me. Do I look like I eat at IHOP to you? And in an unfiltered response, I said, well, you're asking a guy that makes minimum wage. And there was dead silence for like <laughs> what seemed to be an eternity. And then Bob Marlette just busts out laughing. I think because he was I think he must have been like, how do I save this kid's job? You know? And uh, so, so he busts out laughing, and then uh, the bomb guy says, "Ha, touche!" You know, I mean, so <laughs> you know, I think now I probably would have edited myself, but I wasn't <laughs> capable of doing so at the time. Um, it, but it just it speaks to the fact mm -hmm. that you know there are people like Bob Marlette that are in the music industry that really make it all work. Mm -hmm. You know, despite the 
the talent that's, you know, thinks they're so great. Right. Do you think they remember that story? I don't you know, probably <laughs> not. Um, uh, when you have the perfect witty response and no one's expecting it, yeah, yeah. those kinds of things stick in my head. I kind of hope that it's one of those situations where the bald-headed guy is still fuming over, like, that kid. <laughs> he said that to me. Yeah. 30 years later, I'm going to... Yeah. Those shower was... thoughts. It's yes. like yeah. you can't remember all the good things that people say about you, yeah. but when somebody has one negative thing, it sticks in your so head. Every time he gets in the shower, he thinks, that minimum wage kid. Yeah. Yeah. I Calm really down. want Cafe Americano... <laughs> And not IHOP. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I would imagine maybe Bob Marlette still thinks about it and asks himself. Yeah. I would hope so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. There, I mean, so there were times like that, um, you know, but the overall takeaway of what that life was, um, it was kind of horrifying, you know, to think about, because I thought maybe I wanted to be a, a studio engineer or producer, right? And, you know, to kind of see all the wreckage that was part of that lifestyle, you know, because, you know, they would come in at noon, maybe, if they were early risers, and, (laughs) um, you know, work until 2 a.m. and, you know, kind of do that again. So if you try to imagine fitting that into a spouse and some kind of normal life, Probably not. Yeah. You would have to be your normal, not not average normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, and at the time, um, I, you know, I was married, uh, and amazingly, still married to the same woman, um, which is amazing. <laughs> um, shout out to you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is. You know, I'm not going to mention years because, you know, she's 28, and if people start doing the math. Well, what's the anniversary of her 28th birthday? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so her, uh, you know, her birthday's in April. We were married, actually, in May, which so this uh, May 30th is our anniversary. Awesome. Yeah. Happy early. Yeah. Yeah. So. It'll be a show, then an anniversary. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a... Uh, um, you know, I'm sure we'll go out to some nice place to eat. IHOP. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, sure. I'm sure it will be IHOP. You know, honestly, I'm the sort of person who's like, oh, IHOP's, you know, kind of, that's, that's, that's definitely an up there place. <laughs> it's not a pinky up, but it's, you know. At, that's a once a month, definitely splurging a little bit for me. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I will say, you know, um, I do feel like I am the luckiest man to, my wife happens to be beautiful on top of everything else. Um, and she's amazing. Um, you know, one of the difficult things about being a performer is getting weird thoughts in your mind when you're trying to play. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not, you know, they're, they're never productive thoughts. They're like, Oh, I can't hear myself in the monitor or, you know, so-and-so is too loud Oh God! Did you hear that harmony? Uh, you know, and when all of that theater is playing in your mind, you can't you can't do anything mm-hmm. good. Well, so my wife, um, 
a while back uh, started studying to become a hypnotherapist, which he is now. And people think it sounds weird, it's woo-woo or whatever, but it is magical what she can do. Um, you know, hypnotherapy is like this kind of short circuit to a layer below, you know, all of the conscious mind that's trying to keep everything the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, she she gave me this thing called an anchor, right? She, she planted a suggestion about a certain way I'm going to feel whenever my hand is doing this, which is mm-hmm. this is how I hold the pick, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, since since that, all of my shows have been much better. It's not that I never make a mistake or things never go wrong. That still happens all the time, but... Uh, it's kind of like it allows me to kind of go, huh, ha, ha, you know. Just pass it on and continue going. Yes. Take that mm-hmm. next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, it's another chapter in the continual amazement of this person I'm married to. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I know some people do think hypnotherapy is woo-woo. It may or may not be, but that's not the point, is if you find something that works for you, it is. it yeah. can be that. Uh, good example, and I know I'm going way back here, is – you know, you're talking 1500s, how many people are being possessed? You come back forward and look at how far we've advanced with psychological you know, treatments. Mm-hmm. Suddenly not as many people are possessed. Right. And yeah. people actually find a way to get over, find their anchor, find. Right. And a lot of it is just really being able to get it out and talk. And Yeah. Know, different so. treatments work for different people. Right. Yeah. Acupuncture works great for some people. Hypnotism works great for some people. Mm-hmm. Smoking works great for some people. <laughs> yeah. It's... Yep everyone has their thing and whatever works for you then that's it works yeah. not having to worry about worry about bills works for me uh, yeah. yeah i need help somebody out there please <laughs> <laughs> speaking yeah. of which donate that <laughs> oh that's right down below yeah um yeah so Sorry, that was a weird tangent i guess that's what we do here yeah. that's exactly what we do that's the name of the show yep <laughs> uh let's see where do we, where do we want to go from here um, we've got about 15 minutes 15 to go. 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I thought we were sitting like, well, that's like, yeah. we've talked for like 15 minutes. No, we've <laughs> talked for 45. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, we used to go for as long as the, the guest wanted to, but now that the library closes at eight, right. we have to yeah. be out by a certain time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where we end up going. Cause you're probably one of those guests we could talk for hours oh, yeah. and hours and hours with. Our longest show just broke two hours and that was because the guest finally was getting tired and you can see him kind of, uh, <laughs> we used yep. to go from nine o'clock at night until the person was done yeah yeah Yeah. so 11 o'clock 11 15 people start to get tired especially people who have day jobs and stuff like that yeah Yeah, or they're they're like uh, we had a ben williams from the civilian which is a a microbrew just two blocks from here delicious restaurant yeah Great food, and uh, he brought a couple of growlers of beer, and <laughs> yeah, we we didn't get slosh. I think I drank maybe two, two beers in two hours or something like that, and but it was still one of those. It's like that's, that's some really good stuff because one, it's local; two, it's it's literally just right. the building next door. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you you mentioned earlier that you in your day job visit breweries and, and whatnot. Yep. Um, I don't know if you know um, a friend of mine, Joe. Uh, Joe McCadden. Um, I recognize that name. Yeah. That's who brews. I'm on being asked. So. Yeah. That's who brews for a civilian. Oh, that's right. right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as it turns out, mm-hmm. uh, 
fantastic musician. Yeah, um, uh, I helped make an underwriting plot for them uh, that or spot that played at the Tivoli, yeah. and they came up with the music and the lyrics, and and, and I thought it was pretty well well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and and he actually does. Uh, he, he is such a cool guy, and uh, he decided to turn his garage once a month mm-hmm. into a performance space. Nice. Um, called Hannigan Palace. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on our YouTube channel, there's a, I, I uh, did some video and audio video recording of our show there, and so there's a couple live cuts that are pretty good. Um, anyway, uh, but if you watch on Facebook for you know, shows at Hannigan Palace. He does it, I want to say it's roughly the last Saturday, or I might be a little wrong. Uh, it's one Saturday a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's just, I think his phrase is, it's open to all good humans. Um, and, you know, it's not a alcohol thing or nothing. It's just um, just music. So he usually has like three bands. It's it's similar vibe to Stable Studios, but smaller. Smaller, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, just super cool guy, um, and amazing musician. But uh, I'm not sure where I wanted to go with this. Other than I wanted to mention uh, Hannigan <laughs> Palace. We should try to get him out here sometime. Mm-hmm. He'd be fun. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah and. The whole circle, bringing it back around to yeah. civilian, back to music, and yeah, all that. Yeah, I thought I thought perhaps you would know him because he. I know you were. I do, but I don't know yeah. the, the name. But yeah. um, and that's actually one of the the bars I, I don't service. So, oh. kind of sort of dropped a hint at it once or twice, but I don't really want to be pushy on Ben. Right. <laughs> I trying speaking of trying to get him back in, but they are so busy there. It's like when he when he has has a break, he'll let me know. Right. So I was just talking to Sam before I came here. They used to serve about 60 plates a night yeah. during the winter and about 130 plates a night during the summer thing. Yeah. They're up to 130 plates a night during the winter and pushing 200 during the summer. And it's a small kitchen. Yeah. I smell expansion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got to complain, though. Ben, it, it, it's Monday. I, I really would have liked to have, you know, eaten there. I uh, <laughs> used to work with one... My old assistant at the grocery store mm-hmm. got his culinary degree and works there now. Gage, I believe mm-hmm. I've mentioned him. Yep. He was saying that their cheese sticks that they've been putting out. They're they're not sticks. They're <laughs> bricks. They're cheese bricks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That people are raving about those, and it was the worst idea that he ever had for them kind of thing because <sighs> now he gets asked to do them. All the time. All of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And now they have a, a Korean corn dog, which is uh-huh. a corn dog covered in cheese, covered in something fried. I don't know the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was just yeah. kidding, Ben, about being open on Monday and Tuesdays because they, with how much they work and how much they do, one, they need to make sure the beer is, is good. Two, they need to clean up. Three, they need time off. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I just have to change my schedule so I'm in town when they're open. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ford, I think it's uh, been a good day for all of us. He says, hey, guys, hope it's been a good day for you all. Yes, it has, Ford. Thanks for checking in <laughs> on us. Ford is our regular. He's actually a friend of mine I went to college with, and uh, he got wind of this, and he checks in when he can. So, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, just to plug, anybody that's watching this for the first time, and, you know, 
I know you guys would probably appreciate if they hit the subscribe button. I Absolutely. Yeah. When, mm -hmm. when people come to our uh, YouTube channel, we appreciate if, if you hit the subscribe button. Like, comment, subscribe. Yes. That whole yes, thing. Because that that's a lot of the algorithm right there is they're looking for interaction between viewers. They're looking for how long you watch and whether you liked it or disliked it. So mm -hmm. even, if they, even though they don't show dislikes anymore, that's still a positive in favor of the channel. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it's all this weird thing you know we're we're doing all this work to put out music that we love right or in your case you know content that you find interesting mm -hmm. but uh and there's no there's n no financial reason i mean it's a you know it's a n negative income stream <laughs> labor of love yeah uh, but I, I would love to make money off this don't get me wrong i would love right. to make money but i really enjoy doing this and this brings me back to the time when I was a DJ and I was doing this thing. And this, the format has changed so much that it is really a freeform aspect. Right. And I really like it. Jeremiah supports me. Sam supports me. Uh, we've got a lot of friends who are in this. And we really try to help spread the word for other artists that, hey, would you have known of this person if it wasn't for me? Right. Uh, or I didn't know about you. I want to show you off to the people right. out there. Right. And we've had yeah. everybody from... We've had music uh, or music and film producers on here, all local, because we try to do pretty much Indiana. Uh, we've we had Fins and, and Fangs, which is a pet store that opened up here in Spencer uh, just a month ago. Mm -hmm. Barely been a month. Uh, we've had Ben. We, we have all, all sorts of entrepreneurs and Both artists. Bands. Both yeah. Bens, yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so we yeah. try to give everybody an opportunity. And people, you know, it's funny how, you know, I'll tell people about, a new release or something and they'll mm -hmm. go I'll send them a link so they'll you know YouTube is free you can go listen to it and they'll they'll text me oh that's great you know it's, and I'll, this long dissertation on how great it is but then I'll look there's like five likes you know or or three views yeah yeah <laughs> you know the, so it's like and so I've really kind of gotten off of the because you can get obsessed with that mm -hmm. um, but if if you are a fan of someone that creates content, the the sort of the easiest way it doesn't cost anything to push a button down, you know. Yeah. Um, Give that thumbs up. Yeah. And again, again, I'll say it again. If you, if you feel like it, thumbs down are welcome as well. Right. So, because opinions count. Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, we we get a lot of different different stuff in here, and I really do want to try to bring in more. Did you hear that when I hit the... Yes, I yeah. did. Yeah. My thumb people. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to bring more in musicians and more artists and literally help get everybody's word out who's out there. And so if you know anybody else who might be interested, send them our way. Yeah. Give them a, give them their 59 minutes of entertainment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> take away one for shameless plugs. Right. Or, oh, wait, speaking of, we do have to take away a couple minutes here. Uh, as most of our viewers know, the... Um, Five minutes, okay. The uh, Owen County Public Library, which is where we broadcast from, is going to have their annual film festival. And Jeremiah is trying to figure out what I'm doing for the film festival. Jeremiah, what's your guest today? Um, I kind of thought it was going to be like a musical horror thing, Ooh. where you have somebody going around and predicting people's deaths, like Final Destination style. But musical. But, yeah, in musical, and it's really some music student somewhere is dissecting all this information, 
and analyzing chord changes, timbres, harmonies, and he's always just like a day too late to find out who the next victim is. I see is the music be. being more, more lo-fi that's uh -huh. been coming out, lo-fi yeah. hip-hop or something. Yeah, bass yeah. drums. Yeah, that's a great idea, but you're totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was close. Uh, we technically have one more guess, but uh, as next Monday is Memorial Day, library will be closed and we will not be, basically we're going to take the day off ourselves. Something we... I don't like to do, but we do when we have to. But that's, that's mm -hmm. it. Uh, and once he, if he guesses, uh, he lose. Well, I lose. If if he doesn't guess, uh, he's gonna uh, uh, join our Patreon. So. Oh, well, then mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And speaking of the Patreon uh, standards, will be not standards, but levels will be tiers will be changing because I'm gonna gear it towards our uh, D and D podcast. So. Cool. Yep. He's now, gonna lose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna figure it out. You got one more try. Mm -hmm. and you know, I really appreciate you guys, you know, doing this and let me come and kind of plug the show and, yeah. and talk yeah. about the band. What show? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, uh, we are playing May 28th at Stable Studios uh, at the Super Jam. Uh, High Street Jack will be playing from five to six, but there's a whole bunch of bands. It's ten bucks to get in, but it's a whole day of music and free camping if you want to stay. My phone will open up. We have at three o'clock. Uh, it Zach Mesa? And then at 3.45, hey, hey. 5 o'clock is High Street Jack. 6.15 is May and the Woozy Bros, who are supposed to be coming on on either the 13th or the 20th for this show. Head First, which I haven't heard them, Heavy Heartland, and Deja Voodoo. Deja Voodoo is another band. Actually, I'd love to have all these guys come on, but Deja Voodoo is one I really want to bring on so everybody can hear her voice. She projects. She's got power. She's got... <laughs> she can do it. Um, and... I'll close this part of the show by saying anytime you guys want to come on and promote something, contact me. We'll make arrangements. We'll either pre-record it and get it out there, or we'll do it live again. Cool. Uh, this, obviously, this setup is somewhat portable because I have to haul it home every time I'm done. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> for now. Yeah, for now. And we're trying to set up something uh, kind of permanent. <clears throat> trying to. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yep. Right, well, thank you guys very much. Yeah, thanks mm -hmm. for coming on. Thank you. And uh, don't forget... Uh, you can check out Hill Street Jack's music in the description on YouTube. So if you're on Twitch, run over to YouTube, Radioactive Shack, look for my face, and then uh, hit the link and check out their music. Uh, I would recommend uh, Insomnia. That's that's my favorite off that list. Yeah. Uh, how are we doing on time there? Is it time? One minute. Yeah, and I'll just plug the website, um, you know, highstreetjack.com. If all the other stuff is hard to remember, you know. Mm -hmm. Highstreetjack.com is and that's easy. also in the YouTube description. Yep. All right. Yep. So we're going to go ahead and say the magic words, please. Ha ha, you were almost going to do it. <laughs> Jeremiah, good night, everybody. Push the button. <laughs>